0: Welcome to Talking Codswallop. And yet again, Gemma's deserted us. But, you know, there are, there are reasons for that. She's not very well. But you have got the brilliant, brilliant setup of me and Andy. How are you doing, Andy?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Long time I, well, no I speaky.
0: Very much long time no speak. I was doing really well until I couldn't get into Skype properly. But you seem to have dug me out that that little uh, quote by it. But that maybe could be seen as being something that is we have we got any? But how is I know it's only Monday, but how is your week going so far, Andy? Oh, it's
1: been a busy one. It really has, and it's only Monday. Oh God! Wow, what's happened? Uh, no, it was uh, I've my I've got a global program that I'm running, and it's just starting to sort of gather up pace. And um, it's just a real manic Monday. I I started work at eight o'clock, and it was back to back meetings, meetings, meetings till about half past five. <laughs>
0: That is not fun. So basically, it, you're surviving without sleep. Uh, but the most important question is, are you keeping your caffeine levels up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My, my last last coffee hit was at
1: 3.30 and I was like, do I want to do this? Is this, this wise? <laughs>
0: am I going to uh, pay for this at 1 a.m.? Yeah, I've got to be honest, I've noticed fairly recently i mean my sleep is never good but i seem to have been having really kind of weird disturbed sleeps and dreams and things so god knows what's going on there but it's uh, it is what it is but i'm sorry you well i'm glad you're having a productive monday but i'm sorry you're having a very difficult monday in the case of keeping you so busy well you know the
1: way i look at it it, keep, it means that i'm gainfully employed for a, another month or two that's true and it keeps you from doing anything that you shouldn't be doing well actually it was, was keeping me from actually doing the work I needed to get done because it was one of those You know, there are there are meetings you can go to where you don't actually need to be present if you you know if you know what I mean. You can just crack on with your work and just yep, like yep. take in what's going on around you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dave, we'll get that done, Dave. No worries, Dave. You know, and then just crack on with your emails. But today was one where I had to be like super laser focused. <laughs> You know, so it's like, oh, I'm not getting any work done today. So it's basically one of those days where everything you plan to get done, nah, forget it. Move it to another day and just move everything out one day.
0: Which you could argue is generally how life seems to pan out an awful lot of the time. So you weren't having one of those fun meetings where you can kind of like sit back, relax and attempt to not sleep through the meeting.
1: Yeah. You know, go, oh, you know, let me just bang out this presentation that is due out tomorrow. Let me just use this 30 minutes now to do it. Mm. No sadly not and do you find that you're
0: always put in a room that's a bit too hot for
1: a meeting well i'm lucky i'm full-time working from home uh I ah, don't hate so you're me doing very well yeah yeah although technically i'm supposed to go into an office 50 percent of the time um it's just very hard to motivate yourself when you know that the majority of your, your day you're on calls mm-hmm. and then you get self-conscious because you're in an open plan office you know and sandra doesn't want to hear about you being on a meeting you know and hearing the details of your meeting so i just find it easier to go ah oh, i'll work from home today and then every day's a meeting day
0: you know i mean really what you should be doing andy is when i mentioned the fact that you're in a room that's too hot to add to the experience you should really be cranking the heating up as high as it'll possibly go mm. uh, and drinking a slightly tepid cup of coffee just to add to, to give you the kind of real office experience Without even using real milk, using powdered milk.
1: <laughs> so you just basically yeah. get little blobs of oh yes of powder that didn't
0: actually dissolve. And you've got to ensure that the coffee to go with the Keny kind of office experience is kind of a really weak, crappy brand. Uh, probably right. one that you've never ever heard of. It doesn't really taste nice or give you any kind of real caffeine kick. Yeah, and it comes in a five-gallon tin. <laughs> a Costco special sort of thing, but it's not even the Costco brand that you know of. It's yes, got something um, like 197. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your
1: Monday anyway?
0: It's pretty good. I mean, at the moment, I'm not working because my contract with uh, on the TV stuff came to an end, so that's finished. But it's not been bad. The only drawback has been... The buggeration of trying to get to Skype, but you did kind of help me get through that. So I'll address how to deal with that in more detail at a later date. I saw myself out, oh, but it's not been too bad. Weather's been a bit iffy, uh, but you know that is what it is. I'm sure. How's the weather with you? Because all we're getting is like weird patches of constant rain, then it'll clear up for a bit, and then it'll just rain again.
1: Yeah, today's been very much sunshine and showers. Um, yesterday was a complete write-off, and Saturday. I, I'm led to believe it was nice, but I was twelve hours in VR so I didn't quite see what happened.
0: Ah. See, I I was reasonably lucky the weekend because I had a family friend over from Boston mm-hmm. and the weather, apart from we went out to for a little bit to do stuff, was generally okay. We seemed to dodge the really, really bad part, We obviously chucking it down. But I kept myself going with lots of, you know, good strength coffee. Had a look around some of the nice sights and did things like that. So, yeah, pretty good weekend. Today has only been a letdown on the fact that as soon as you try and venture out, it seems to decide to do a downpour. But it ain't going too bad. The rest of the week is reasonable. I'm happy. I'm happy. But, yeah, you were in VR for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah.
1: But just quickly – uh, just on the job front, um, I don't know if you're aware, but the, there's a new TV and film studio that's opened up in the UK. Go on, tell me more. Uh, it's actually located in my neck of the woods. Ah, interesting. So they're building massive sound. It's basically, uh, I think it's an ex- extension of Pinewood Studios. So they basically moved down the M4. It's called, uh, nice. I think it's Shinfield
0: Studios. I will have a look into that Thanks.
1: So I think Netflix and Disney are signed up for long term partners um, or at least commitment to, to do um, work there. So it might be worth having a, a little sneaky look around to see what positions they've got available there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll definitely give that a gander. But yes, it's uh. So yeah, I I'm currently a man of uh in a relaxed situation, but looking for work. So yes, but we can't have it all, can we? So it's not it's uh it's not too bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move on, Andy, because it's the one that I mean it's gonna be strange because we don't have the enraged monster that is angry Gemma. So both of us could be really calm and collected. Uh, on the question, do you have any codswallop? Um, y- mm, not really, no, because yeah, I don't you leave see? the house. Yeah, but you see, see, that's the thing. We don't have of codswallop because we're not like rage-filled monsters like Gemma. I know, <laughs> and, I, and I've been so zen since I left the podcast. Was was long as you end up rageful after this recording.
1: So. You know, I, I know there have been occasions where I've been raging, but they're more at myself yes. or oh, yes. being tired or being hangry.
0: Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'd say my only codswarp is the situation with trying to get myself into Skype. That was the only moment where I was getting really annoyed today because I couldn't for life me work it out. But I'm sure it's something I'll be able to overcome later on. As things go on and it is my own fault I shouldn't have told the system to forget stuff I did that's it there's probably a million people including you Andy with IT knowledge who are going no you idiot there's a simple way of resolving the problem uh. yeah. well that, the thing is it's a double-edged sword if you save stuff yeah, it gets hacked
1: yeah if you don't yeah. save stuff you forget and IT people call you stupid so you know yeah. basically <laughs> users can't win you're damned if you do damned
0: if you don't <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can see that. i tell you what, one thing I can raise as a codswallop, and I won't mention the specific uh, the monetary provider, but I find it very strange that you can be lured into with promises of a brilliant return to open an account and then find out that within the time frame they give you to pay money into it, they suddenly decide to pull the whole thing. And part of their ruling is that um, if it's pulled, you can't pay into it. So you've opened it, you have money that you want to put into it, with a set period of time they tell you, you have to do it. And when you go to do it, they say, Oh yes, yeah, sorry, we've pulled the whole thing. You know you've already opened it. Seems a bit strange to me, but you know. Seems like a certain banking institution
1: needs to swell their subscriber numbers to get some funding mm-hmm. from somewhere.
0: It is something of that nature, but you would think when they mention things like, this is a loyalty product for people who are who are paid into us and boom with us for a long time, they're saying, yeah, yeah, it's fine, just get it in within this period. You try and sort it out within that period, and boom, it's gone anyway, so you can't do anything with it. But if that's the worst thing that happens to me, I don't have too much to complain about.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, you know, a certain world's local bank um, – did induce a mild amount of irritation upon me uh, the other week when one of their adverts uh, proudly said that they would pay a £200 bonus to any new customer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, like, to try and bring you in. Yes, yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm like, well, how about more reasonable fucking rates for your
0: existing customers? Or how about on. giving me exactly. two hundred quid to be putting up with your bullshit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I've got to say, I mean, let's go. I can actually, yeah, I can do a bit of gym. Well, I'll channel the gym and have a rageful moment. Uh, the, I found adverts that are really annoying me at the moment. I think yeah, this is like a transition of my brain part into like old man mode for TV adverts because I don't know about you, but I'm finding the advert for Hertz really annoying. The one that keep—it's probably because I see it on YouTube all the time. The one with uh, Tom Brady on—it's—it's—it's oh. it, it, it's, it's not cute or cool. It's just really annoying. Is that the one where he says "Love hurts"?
1: Yeah, there's that one. The that's the one that he, the yeah chat yeah. show thingy.
0: So it's ripping off Tom Cruise with the old when he was doing the you know showing he's in love with Katie Holmes. Uh, that's the one that's really got me. I could handle the other ones. I know like if Walt was listening to us, uh, which I'm sure he will be. Of course, he'd probably mm. shoot me down for knocking his, his god. That is Tom Brady. But I do find that a really, really annoying advert. <laughs> yeah,
1: ad- adverts have been doing it. And the thing is, it's a sign of old age. It, it really yeah. is a sign of old age. You know, th- there isn't an advert now that I enjoy. I remember a time when adverts used to make me laugh.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll just create a, a, a emotional response that wasn't, I'm pissed off by it.
1: Yeah, I have to hide all my r- remote controls into soft toys. So when I throw them at the TV, <laughs> you know, no harm, no foul.
0: Well, as long as you don't do an Elvis and shoot your TV screen out, you'll be okay. Well, it's a good thing that we live in a civilized
1: country where, you know, normal Allegedly. people don't carry guns. <laughs> just Allegedly, knives. we're a civilized <laughs> country. <Yeah>. We're less <laughs> so, shooty, more stabby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anything on TV that's got your goat up sort of thing that's annoyed you? I've given you the Hertz advert that winds me up. Yeah, actually, it doesn't come to mind now, but every time
1: I see it, I'm like, I really must say something about this.
0: <laughs> and now you've forgotten and now so I'll, put I, uh, on the, just, I'll put you on the spot <laughs> you have yeah i'm like having a complete brain brain
1: freeze uh but, but the thing I is t- i i do watch a lot of discovery mm. channel apps so i i don't necessarily watch the discovery channel but i use the mm. app um and of course their adverts double up Mm-hmm. So, like, those Hertz ones, I've seen a minute and a half of the same fucking advert. Yeah. You know, it's things like that. And in the end, you just become so numb to it. It's it's untrue. Well, it's um, like,
0: it, you. I mean, you are right. And the problem is it's because YouTube has now been turned to this giant advert thing to keep it monetized. That it's just, you can't even move a video forward without it jumping to an advert. And invariably it's like the Hertz one. Or... I mean, the one that used to really get me was the, uh, the the advert that was on a bit ago. I think it was for, well, we'll just say it was for a famous um, you know, building society that would go on and on about the cost of milk. Mm. And it, Yeah, that was really doing my head in. I Because it just kept popping up and reappearing all the time. Yeah, no thank you. Not good. Just very, very annoying.
1: Have you seen the YouTube adverts that are aimed at men and always have the phrase tactical in there? No, No, I haven't. Uh, Go on, tactical, you say? Yeah, there's a tactical fleece for men.
0: (laughs) I do know that one, actually, yeah.
1: (laughs) And then I've even seen a tactical dog harness. Or was that on Amazon? I think that one's on Amazon. I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because there's a, a there is a real need for tactical dog suits in the UK. You know, your your average Clive in his Alsatian, yeah, they need a tactical suit.
0: <laughs> well the saddest ones are like the average that are clear for products that don't exist, you know, that or don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, like the, there's one that comes up for a torch that's supposed to have the brightest torch known to man. It'll, you know, if you shine it, it'll not only illuminate a, a huge area, it'll also burn out the retinas of any poor, you know, creature. Or is that a human that, that gets tactical in the torch way of that it. will burn through paper? Uh, I've seen those adverts for that one, but uh, this is another one that's like oh, supposed this amazing flashlight. But the thing is, None of this stuff will work. <laughs> You'll either get everything hacked when you try and buy it, or if you finally do buy it and it's safe to buy it, it'll turn up to be some, like, one-pound, like, torch for your, uh, you know, you'd hang on your keychain. Man, uh, I've, I've actually started to watch less TV
1: now, hmm. uh, although I am watching more YouTube um, <laughs> content, and you're right on the adverts. I was going to watch Ollie, who's who's the sim racer that I'm doing this uh, event um, with. Mm -hmm. He was doing a 20, I think it was a 24-hour event, or maybe it was a six-hour event. And I kid you not, every five minutes or so, there seemed to be an advert. Some you could skip, and then some you Mm -hmm. couldn't. And I thought, I can't sit through. it It must have been the Nürburgring. Because I worked out the the frequency of adverts,
0: I wouldn't be able to see a full lap end-to-end. It was that bad. I know what you mean, because they hit after, I mean, five minutes is probably generous on some. And the worst thing is they do it to try and stop you skipping. So if you're wanting to move forward to look at something, uh, you know, you could only move, say, two minutes ahead, and you'll jump straight to an advert. Uh, yeah. The big one that gets me is if I'm ever trying to watch a car-based uh, YouTube video, I am constantly told about the George of the motability scheme which I'm sure is a wonderful scheme and if you need it I support it it's useful but uh, I don't need to learn the same thing about the the uh, motability uh, usage in three words that yeah. is now drilled into my skull that I can see it right now as we're discussing it <laughs> yeah i'll tell you the
1: the youtube got it right right because i i got so fed up that i ended up taking them up on their free offer for one month (laughs) and and spotify were just as bad i mean Mm. i i took out a subscription with them once Mm -hmm. and then i cancelled and i didn't think much of it i just accepted the fact that i was going to be heavily curtailed in what you know what i think would be a reasonable thing to do for free Mm -hmm. um And, you know, suffer adverts was, you know, apparently not the dumb thing. But then my best friend came down to visit me. And he wasn't he had never signed up for the premium, Hmm. but he had more access than I did. And we worked out that because I had subscribed and then cancelled. Spotify, I wouldn't say punished is the wrong word. But they were using the restriction of features to basically (laughs) nudge me back onto the service. Mm. So we're talking things like um, adding um, an entire album to a playlist or creating a radio station from a particular song. (laughs) That was restricted for me, but my best friend, he could do it, even though he had never paid and was never going to (laughs) pay for the service.
0: It's a very strange way of punishing you, but I guess it is like the idea with, you know, YouTube, like we will break the person's will by constantly bombarding them with adverts for things Mm. to see if they will finally just pay for us. Yeah, and if you can
1: imagine, if a sovereign state used that behaviour against its own citizens or citizens of Mm. another state, they'll be hauled up against the, you know, the Court of Human Rights. Correct. I get for breaking the Geneva Convention.
0: Now, I do like the fact that we jokingly, when we would discuss things, I always say that we're going to do like 24-7 discussion on car corner. Uh, but we will legitimately be discussing some car stuff in this episode. Mm. Uh, I, and after I can actually again, I'm channeling rageful Gemma without realizing it, but, um, again, that I did have to contend with my mortal enemies, uh, when I was out driving at the weekend, which were cyclists who oh. seemed to be really taking it upon themselves to get in front of me, and create problems. And, of course, you have to give them a huge wide berth to uh, to ensure they are safe and that, you know, they're wobbling about uh, and potentially getting in, in the way of other vehicles is obviously nothing to do with them being a problem. It's all to do with the fact that we are evil, evil, uh, you know, car or vehicle, motor vehicle users, and we must be punished and have to give them a wide berth
1: Oh, it's so not. Up, but I'll just say it's not just motorists who need to be punished by cyclists. Hmm. Cyclists also must punish us mere pedestrians. Ooh. Ah, tell. Go on. How's that happened to you? Well, I don't. I don't know if you ever listened to the episode I did with Jem, A couple of. A couple of ones I did ago, when I was talking about running, in the middle of the road to go round a roundabout.
0: As I can barely remember this morning, I probably have listened to it. rings a bell, but I can't remember much else. Oh, a brief,
1: brief re- recap. So a road that I run down um, used to be uh, basically a T-junction. Mm-hmm. And then they put a mini roundabout in. And I run across the, the top of the T, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And that's like on the other side of the road is basically a country lane. So the majority of the traffic turned down. To the base of the T, so they basically come up behind me and then turn uh, left to go down the road but i'm going straight on so if i try and go over the pedestrian bit i can guarantee you that a car would not have stopped at the junction and will just come round 30 if i'm lucky mm-hmm. but more likely it's going to be 35 40. And they won't stop because it's such a short distance. So I actually now run. I get onto the road and I run in the middle of the road and I basically run around the roundabout and then jump mm-hmm. back on the path. So that's what I do now to keep myself safe. And um, a pack of cyclists decided to swarm me. God, that's so I'm in deal. the middle of the road. So if I'd be in a car, I must give them a metre and a half space. Yeah. But they didn't give me a metre and a half space as the vulnerable road user. They just swarmed me.
0: No good. No good. That is no good. And to be fair, they hit you. You'd come off far worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although it does remind me of the time when I was in Germany and I was running uh, um, over one of the bridges and it was a a shared um, cycle um, and uh, pedestrian uh, lane. Mm Mm-hmm that um, a cyclist were coming at me uh, three abreast. (laughs) So I'm already at the edge of the path, and I could see I'm like, oh, shit, no, he wants me to stop and spin to the side. Mm -hmm. So I just moved my elbows out slightly. Not much. You know, I wasn't running like a chicken, but let's just say (laughs) I wasn't chafing myself anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And my elbow clipped his... um, uh, he had uh, one of those armbands on with his phone in. Mm-hmm. Next thing you hear is clatter, clatter, clatter. I look behind me and I've taken all three out.
0: Not that I would condone that, but you know, that's, uh, that may or may not be a, something that's created a grin on my face, but I couldn't possibly comment. All I can say is calm as a bitch. Yeah, i would just say leave that to your imagination, salty tadpoles, whether I'm yeah. relishing uh, hearing this piece of <laughs> of news. So what was your encounter with uh,
1: the uh, Lycra cat bastards from hell?
0: Well, it's more the fact that for pretty much the entire journey of going to and from a place, I was just finding packs of them, creating huge problems for just traffic in general, because everything grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, around here, you are on incredibly narrow roads. Yeah. So you will have, my, I mean, I've seen it far worse than this, but it was annoying because you would have cars, On cars, upon cars, slowing down, creating a queue, everyone's trying to get around them, but then it gets even better because not only do you have them on that side, you have cyclists on the other side, So everything's almost kind of grinding to a halt where people are trying to manoeuvre around them and give them the required space so they don't get hurt. Um, And then it always seems to happen, I don't know about you, but I've noticed it always seems to happen on a corner Mm -hmm. best. So yeah, that was uh, just, it was Causing me to get slightly annoyed—not Gemma levels of rage, but I was just getting slightly annoyed by it. Much to the amusement of my uh, my passenger and friend from America, who thought it was very, very funny. But it was understanding to my mild annoyance. Again, not Gemma levels of a uh, meltdown, Hulk rage. Just you know, slight annoyance. Did Did he give
1: you any tips on how the Americans would handle the situation?
0: Uh, well, it's a lady, but no, she didn't. She just seemed highly amused by it, saying, "Yep, yeah, I can see I have a problematic." <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, I have the same problem
1: here. Um, I'm much like you. You know, you're in an area of outstanding natural beauty. Yes, yes. I've got the North Wessex Downs, which is, you know, another, you know, great area for hiking and and stuff like that. If I want to go and see my mum, go and see Ad, go see Matt. I generally have to go up the, the A34, mm. and it's quicker for me to do the back roads um, through the North Wessex Downs, you know, do the, do the B roads, mm-hmm. but I won't drive them in the daytime anymore just because of the middle-aged men in Lycra. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, you know, it's yeah. it's fine. I mean, it's a 50-mile-an-hour it's a speed limit generally, so I'm only poodling along at the best of times, but when you're kind of forced to just grind along seven miles of B road at 20 miles an hour, it, it gets a little bit grating. It does.
0: It does. It's a bit like when you are stuck behind the, um, how can I best describe them? The incredibly careful drivers who will take, you know, will be in front of you topping amazing speeds of 15 or 20 miles an hour in a 60 zone. And that does happen. And then you can't overtake them because again, you know, wind your little roads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, the one that, the ones that do me
1: are um, does 40 in a 60. <laughs> yeah. And then does 40 in a 30. Yes. And it's like, could, could, could you just get it the other way around? Mm. You know, those, the, the str- go under the speed limit in the 30 I've got no problems with. You know, because of kids and stuff like that, but perhaps do more than a speed limit outside of that so I can at least just carry on my journey.
0: Oh, my personal favorite, breaking every corner. Uh, and then, when, you know, when they get on the straight, they might accelerate a bit more, but never to the proper speed, but then just braking again when they come to corners. A lot of it, I suspect, is I mean, when I've seen this, uh, and it's worse, is people who are obviously terrified drivers who are out on country lanes and panicking and just not being sure what to do. And I get it. Blank corner is not fun. I had a guy who bizarrely honked at me, uh, although he encroached onto my side of the road coming around the corner too fast. So <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? I said, you know, it's a racetrack
1: yeah. going the wrong way.
0: <laughs> so, Andy, I'm intrigued to know more about the, the whole racing thing you're doing, that we, as talking Codwell, may have a bit of uh, involvement in, maybe? If you could tell me a bit about that. Well, not just me. Tell everybody about it, please. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have basically
1: taken up a, a new hobby. So probably since I think I'd probably started taking it seriously last April. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to take a step back in time. So some of the salties will know I I refer to Chewy uh, or Matt, you know, it's the same person, Um, you know, one of my best friends. Well, Matt and I used to live with each other from about 2001 all the way through to, I think about 2014, I want to say there was a period of time when I was traveling so much that, you know, pretty much wasn't living there. Um, But, um, but, you know, we, you know, like most Guys in their twenties would play a lot of computer games, and uh, nice. one of Matt's uh, work friends built him, like, like used, you know, welded um, a, a racing frame. Wow! So, you know, there we are in our sort of late twenties, early thirties, just spending all of our time on uh, Gran Turismo, just you know, having fun. And um, when I moved to Germany and was traveling, and also before that, when I was sort of traveling around the world for, for my job. Battle's was at home by himself, so he would just spend a lot of time doing um, sort of Gran Turismo. So he got to the point where he was far too good for it to be fun <laughs> for us to play together. Do you know what I mean? It's when you've yeah. got your simple friend round and all they're doing is bashing the buttons, you know, <laughs> it's not fun as the as the subject matter expert to, to witness uh, such uh, ignorance. I'm um, incredibly impressed that they had a racing frame built for him. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was track. just a simple, you know, frame that had been welded together, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, talking like um, one centimetre cube aluminium frame, you know, just spot welded um, together to, to create a, yeah, something to attach a steering wheel to, something to fix your, your pedals to, and then um, a car seat to, you know, and it had a proper slidey backwards and forwards, you know, so you could adjust the, the, the reach, you know, on Unlikely. on the seat. So
0: that was kind of the origins. Of yeah. do, you pictures, in, do you have any pictures of it? Do you have any pictures of
1: it? I probably will do somewhere. If not, Matt will certainly have her pictures of it. But it's whether or not the occupier of said rig uh, <laughs> wishes to have such atrocious fashion and hairstyles and facial uh, hair to be on public display but if, if the soldiers don't see anything either it it doesn't exist or is too mortifyingly embarrassing for the uh person in the rig to want to share
0: or alternatively or just go we can't find it hmm. but i'm more than happy to share pictures of my new rig
1: because <laughs> there's Excellent. no one in it <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh yeah so you know I've always had a passion for, for racing games and, you know, living, I actually grew up next to Silverstone race circuit. So mm-hmm. from the age of 14, motorsport has been in my life. And in fact, I did my work experience up at Silverstone, um, and also did, like uh, weekend work in corporate hospitality, um, again, up, up at Silverstone. So I've always loved motorsport. And then, um, during the, the pandemic, I thought, well, why don't I go back into to console? You know, so well, I hadn't had an Xbox for, for God knows how long. So I've got uh, an Xbox and i got uh, Forza Motorsport 7. as one of the games that I, I got. And I kind of fell in love with it. You know, on the controller, it was great. Um, I thought, nah, I really need to get a, a steering wheel uh, and pedals. So I just got a, a, a cheap Logitech um, yeah. set and um, uh a racing stand for the sofa. Basically, it's a it's a frame you just attach. Again, you attach the pedals to and the steering wheel to, and you've got a nice little metal frame. And then you just sit on a chair, you know, and you you whiz around. Sounds good. Yeah, that yeah, that was quite good. But then you know, because I was perched on the sofa, I didn't really, I, you know, when you've been when you work over a laptop, you find yourself gradually getting closer and closer to the laptop, you know, your shoulders come forward, yeah, your elbows, absolutely. you know, so then you get that really tight shoulder and it's yeah. really painful. So that started to happen. And what I found I was doing is that I was so en- engrossed that I was, I was gripping the wheel and just pulling myself towards the wheel. Um, so I thought, Oh, I, you know, I, I better get a seat for this. Mm-hmm. So I got back onto the website where I got the a-frame from and I bought cause I bought, I was, I was smart. I didn't
0: go all in in case I didn't like it. Good thinking, yeah, because it's one of the worst thing. Well, it's a bit like either having too much or too little of something, but the problem is that when it comes to a big monetary purchase or monetary purchase, you don't want to find yourself in the position where you bought something and don't like it, maybe only use it once, and it's just gathering dust. know like most people do with excise bags and things yeah. like that. Yeah.
1: And, and you go and you go for the absolutely nuts nuts one that also oh, yes. makes you a coffee and, and does some toast for you as well. You know, so, um, yeah. So, you know, you know, thinking ahead, you know, uh, and also this was in the middle of me decorating the house. So this is me still living and working in my spare room, and yes. off, which is now my spare room and office. In fact, where I'm talking mm-hmm. to you all from now. Um, so I was very tight on space. So I, you know, I had to be very much collapsible when, when Matt or ady came down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, getting towards the end of the housing uh, project, so the gods aligned. So I, I got the bolt on because it was modular. So I got the seat, and that was fine. You know, doing really well. And then I went to see Matt, and then Matt had what's known as a direct drive wheel and and a load cell uh, pedal, and that's basically a very heavy brake pedal something very close to what you um have um in in a road car or uh, sorry in a race car um so you you really have to put a lot of pressure on it um it's not like fly by wire no real feeling like you get in in the logitech so you can be a bit more precise um on your on your braking which you know can shave half a second seconds uh, off your lap time and then with the steering wheel, it's got what's known as force feedback. Uh, so again, it's mimicking what you would feel in a car if you're going around a corner at 80 miles an hour. Your tyres generally don't like that, That's and true. you can feel that through the uh, through the steering wheel. And you're really, you know, you're fighting the the steering yeah. wheel to keep the the tyre. So you get that forced feedback direct drive. Oh, this is good. I like this. But again, I'm thinking, you know, I've got to finish the house. I can't be investing this much money because at this point, I now would need a new um, chassis, a new rig. Mm. Because the one I've got is just two pieces that come together. So I'm sat on one half, the brake pedal and the steering wheel on the other half. So as I found to to my horror, if you start to put more pressure on the brake pedal, the middle where the the two bits come together start to rise up because okay, yeah. yeah so basically you're in danger of snapping your your rig in half so and I found this out because I thought well I can't I can't a afford or justify a full load cell braking system and direct drive steering wheel but what you can do is modify your logitech pedals to kind of give you the impression that you've got a load cell. So you you get a little bit more of a feeling. um, She's basically putting a rubber behind the spring. Uh, So you just take the pedals apart and and put a rubber behind the spring, and that just gives you a bit more force. But that alone was basically causing my rig to buckle every time I put my my, my foot on the brakes. And bearing in mind... it's like normally 15 to 20 corners on a circuit, and you're doing, yeah. you know, 25 minutes of racing.
0: <laughs> when you were talking about the price of things, I'm interested to, to kind of know. So, for the basic kind of outlay, what kind of figures would you be talking about? What what kind of progressive, you know, as you said, you're going further and further up the the food chain, so to speak, for buying yeah. these things. What would your basic outlay be for anyone who wants to replicate this? And what would you kind of like what are your stupid figures of spending? Yeah. So if I just give everyone
1: a moment just to, to sit down, and make sure there's nothing around them that is fragile, I shall begin. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the Logitech pedals and steering wheel that I got, you're probably looking about £150. Pounds. Right. So reasonable, yeah. Yeah. And for that, you, you don't even need to go for the sofa stand that i got you can simply clamp the steering wheel to your desk the uh, pedals have got a um carpet grip you know so you just you know you can grip onto the carpet generally you just need to stop your chair from being pushed back so it's really good if you've got one of those fixed office chairs that don't have wheels um you're good otherwise just find a way of of, you know stopping your chair moving backwards because you know, I'm sure, you, you know, you can imagine if you if you're pressing on something, if the thing doesn't move in front of you, you're basically pushing yourself backwards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. So, so, you know, that, that that's for your basic, you know, not not including the hardware, you know, the, the console or PC, what have you. Um, so then to look at then the, the the sofa stand, if you will, the wheel stand, again, you're looking about another 150 quid. Mm-hmm. So if you want to move away from your desk to your TV and sofa, you're now looking at a £300 investment.
0: So again, that's not you're not on like truly horrendous levels, thankfully. No, no. There, there are pros and
1: cons, but you know it, it's really you know if if you don't have the space, mm-hmm. if you're not sure how much time you're going to be doing racing. You know, if you're just an occasional weekend warrior, that will probably do. But if you start to use it more, then you think, well, maybe, you know, actually, I've got the space. Why don't I get the, the seat? So you're now looking at probably another 300 pounds. So you're now looking at 600 pounds. So it's starting to mount up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start hearing about companies like Fanatec and Acetec. And SimCube, and you've been watching a few YouTube videos, <laughs> yeah. and then you start watching the, uh, the, you know, the the product reviews, and you look, and you're looking at your Logitech, and going, yeah, 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 you, know, you you do the job, but you can't give me the two seconds I need, a lap, mm. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> so now. You start talking about the serious money.
0: Okay, now I'm intrigued. So, what is yeah. the uh, what are we talking here? So, just for entry level wheel
1: uh, wheelbase and pedals, I think that it's come down in price to about two hundred and fifty, but they were about four hundred pounds, and that gives you five newton meters of torque of force feedback, which you know is 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 not light, you know. Um, but it's very much your, you know, low end it's, I don't know how to compare it to a car, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's still quite tight. It's still quite heavy in terms of Mm. the the amount of force fact, but it's not up there. Uh, you know, you're looking more 10, 11 newton meters of torque to be kind of looking at a bit more realistic feeling from going fast in, in a, in a, in a sports car. You know, um, you can go all the way up to 25 newton meters of torque, which I've done. um, And, you know, that will give you more formula level feedback for those who are strong enough to to deal with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But more on that later. So, again, we're talking about your entry level. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. So let's let's put aside the 600 pounds we've already spent. That's now spent and now we need to upgrade. So just to get entry level wheelbase uh, pedals you're looking about say let's say 200 quid but you need a new rig to go with that
0: <laughs> yeah so everything's starting to mount up yeah yeah it's a bit like when I people do this with stereo system components yeah <laughs> yeah so again a basic
1: entry level rig aluminium profile so it's basically squeezed aluminium into a, a standard shape um You know, it's very modular in its design. You're probably looking about, say, 300, 500 pounds. So, you know, what do we say? 200, so you're already now 500 pounds minimum in on your new rig. But that rig is pretty much fixed. You can get casters for it. But this thing, I'm not joking, it's it's six foot long. So 180 centimeters long minimum. And it's 59... Let's say 60, so two feet wide, and then it's probably yeah. about 80 centimeters high at the steering column. So this is not the sort of thing that you you stick behind a sofa when mum and dad come <laughs> to visit, not. Yeah. or you've got polite company. This is you. You've now got a dedicated area hmm. for this. Um, now, you know, we haven't really talked about the monitors and the technology. <laughs>
0: No go tell me. We've tell left me. that to one side, but <laughs>
1: let's just imagine right now right, you've just been running off of a single screen, maybe just a TV or a computer monitor in your uh, in your office, mm-hmm. and you've already had a PC, you already had the Xbox, that's fine. Um, so you haven't really sort of you don't really include that because that was a legacy cost, yeah. So we don't factor that in yet. Um, so by this point, if you started off with a Logitech you're pretty much over a thousand pounds in at this point. Um, but then you start to think about immersion. So for me, I, I'm i very, so I was very space poor. So I I had a, a VR headset, I had a Meta uh, Quest 2, well, I'm to say I have, I still got it and use it. So that I think was 300 pounds. So I'm already, I was already in just under a grand before I did my upgrades. <laughs> Um, and yeah. I also bought a laptop that was seventeen hundred pounds.
0: The impression so, I'm getting this is not a poor person's uh, hobby. It starts off
1: it starts off that you can do it poor, but then if yeah. you've got the budget and you don't have a girlfriend, um <laughs> or, you, any, it,
0: yeah. or anybody else you'd spend money on, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um then you know, then the world is your budget, you know. So yeah.
0: why not? You only live once. It yeah. just makes you happy, do it. Yeah. For anybody, so, if it, do it if it's their thing. So yeah.
1: So I realized. So before I did my upgrades, I knew that what I had was okay, but I was really starting to, you know, by this point, I'm already sort of nine months in, and to really sort of focus on, you know, what have I been doing with all that time? Well, you know, I started off with a game called Seto Corsa, which is a, it's an old game, but it's the mod, the modding community have got very involved um and you know you've got all these tracks that have been built by people like real world tracks with real world physics um you've got people that have done the cars so again the cars behave like they should do they've got the speed the torque. you've got weather you know so it's very very immersive but it, it's legacy technology and you know the hasn't really kind of moved on the the people can only modify to the standards that it was the development was at before you know all, all work stopped uh, so Matt introduced me to a game called iRacing. Now, the one thing I've got to say that the difference between GT, you know, Gran Turismo and Forza versus things like iRacing and to a certain extent, uh, a game called a set of course, Corsa Competizione, uh, which is more of a specialized game for the GT, the Grand Touring class, um, is that, you know, Forza and Gran Turismo are arcade type games. Where, you know, you're just driving and you're having fun. And "Eh, if I take you, what if I punt you out, it's not very nice, but fuck it. You know, you know, we're all having fun. (laughs) But with iRacing, it's a subscription. So every player on the game is paying a monthly fee
0: to be there. Mm, So it adds a real element of competition, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Makes it even more real, doesn't it? yeah
1: because you're paying for it you want to enjoy it and there's also a sporting code that you need to agree to and it's very sort of similar to real world sporting code Uh, and you can like protest people you know so if we're racing and um you outbreak yourself in into the corner and you take me off and i think that you did that deliberately because i i took the the place from you three corners back i could protest that and then you know the 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 developers have a, a a a protest system where you submit the video evidence and if they say yep yeah, that's right you know you could be given a warning or if you're a repeat offender they'll ban you for a period yeah. of time you know in fact max verstappen uh, the form the formula one racing driver i think just copped a ban from iRacing racing for deliberately taking out a competitor um <laughs> in retaliation so, um, you know, it's, it's like proper. So we're talking, you know, people take it seriously. So it's something that you can invest some time on and really start to enjoy. Um, so I actually found that because I was working from home, all joking aside, yeah. um, I was working from home and normally the one thing I would do, I'd shut my laptop down, you know, back in pre-COVID times yeah. and jump yeah. in my car for an hour and a half to, to come home. And I was doing yeah. a whole 50 miles an hour if I was lucky. Um, but now I've got, I'm immersed in VR in this game called iRacing. And I think at the time I was in the rookies, I was driving a Mazda MX-5 um, more frequently to get myself out of the rookie licenses and, and build up my, my licensing. So I'm driving a Mazda around you know, Silverstone, around um, you know, Laguna Seca, around Spa you know, and all these other tracks around the world for a good two, three hours. It's like, well, this is actually my commute home now. Um, <laughs> so I ended up basically f- five minimum five days a week, but sometimes all weekend as well. I'm, I'm basically in eye racing and I'm enjoying <laughs> it, but I'm, I know that I can get more times. I can, I can be a, a better driver if I can just feel a bit more about what's happening in the game. Mm. So I get the, you know, if, You get the real feedback by being in the real car and feeling the G forces and feeling the wheel and feeling that the car move underneath you, and you can replicate some of that to a certain degree in sim racing. The only thing you won't be able to do is the physical G forces. Yes. Um, But in my setup today, I've got um, what's known as tactile inducers, and I've got four of them on my car, and it's basically the base part of a speaker without the cone, and I've attached them. One under each of my pedals, and then one either side of my seat. So if my front left locks up, I can feed it under my my left foot. I like it. Very if my, good. If I start to lose the back end, I can feel it under the seat because I can feel the the sensation. I I, I feel the frequencies of the tires bouncing across the tarmac. And it sounds very geeky, but when you're immersed in VR. And you can see your, you can see the car moving, but you can't really translate what that actual movement is. But with the tactile inducers, you're feeling a sensation of the car sliding, so you know instinctively I'm in a slide. I now need to react to that, and then you can then modulate steering so you can improve your lap time. It, it's it gets very involved, and the equipment then becomes very much part of the experience and and how much you enjoy it. So. I've probably invested nearly six grand at this point
0: of yeah. the game. but it's again, if you enjoy it, you have the money. You know, never yeah. ever decry. I never ever decry someone's interest and passion to be something that yeah. that they enjoyed and they got the money to spend on it. Do it and enjoy it. And but the thing thing other is, quite, I other don't drive. That's yeah. the thing. Oh, I do yeah. drive.
1: I've got a license, but I yeah. don't need to go anywhere. So that six grand investment. It's no more than a reasonably priced used car. Yeah. And do you find it relaxing? There are days when I come off and I realize that I shouldn't have got in the rig. I wasn't in the right frame of mind um, to be racing. I've had a really shit experience or other drivers. Um, But actually, nine times out of ten, I love it. Because I, I enjoy I enjoy motorsports. Um, It's good, yeah. Nowhere in the world can you drive fast on a public road, even though you can do it in Germany on the unrestricted bits. Mm -hmm. That's a public highway. So, you know, it's even more stressful doing that than actually racing on a racing circuit.
0: Well, definitely, because you've got to deal with all the idiots around you. Mm. That's the problem with with any driving reality.
1: Yeah, and, you know, You've got to bear in mind that you know, i racing is full of humans, and yeah. you know the, the one thing that drives most people up the up the wall when sim racing that the probably the number one coddle wallet would be somebody getting onto the chat either voice or text going blue flags, blue flags, because in in motorsports, blue flags in Formula One means let the faster car through in the majority of the other formulas is basically be aware there's a fast car coming and you're probably going to be lapped take care you know and it basically means be predictable and stay on your racing line so let the fast car overtake you but there are some sections of the world and it seems to be a very common section of the world um, who seem to think it's Everything applies to the Formula One standards. So there are certain accents that send a shiver down your spine when you hear them over voice chat.
0: And can I ask what what accent it is? Oh, I couldn't
1: possibly say. (laughs) Um, But it has a certain Latin element to it. We shall leave it at that. So uh, blue flags, blue flags. Um, Yes, (laughs) it's horrible. Or the other one is, can you let me through? I'm faster than you. Yeah, I know. I could see you getting very, very close to me over the last six laps, but you need to overtake me. <laughs> I'm not getting off the racing line. Fuck you. <laughs> you
0: and know, what would position? You, what would you say, Andy? Is the best uh, part of this and the worst part of this?
1: The best part is not necessarily winning. It's setting one of those laps that you're then chasing to better Mm -hmm. and it's the joy of improving your lap time so i i'm not very good i'm average and in most of my races the winner is probably three seconds quicker than me right that's over a per lap so that for every five kilometers they're three seconds further down the fucking road than i am and, you know, when I'm doing like this race I'm doing next weekend that we'll talk about in a minute, over the average lap, I'm about 20 seconds slower. You know, this is an, an eight, eight minute, eight, eight minute, five fast lap. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more like eight minutes, 25 um, lap times. So, you know, it it can be soul destroying up against other people. But if you realize that the only person you ever race in a race is really yourself it's
0: a and that's a life lesson. That
1: is a yeah. life lesson there. Yeah, it really is. It's like everyone around you is running their own race. You just run your own. You know? Yeah, the, the most enjoyable thing is 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 beating your personal best lap times. And obviously the, the, the sweetener is obviously winning a race. Um the worst experiences is either because you have this thing in the game. So there, there are two scores that really make this, set this game apart. You've got a thing called a safety rating, which dictates your license class. So you only have rookies then D to A class. And you get your safety rating by basically, you know, not getting going off track. So if you go off track, that's an incident point. If you spin, that's two incident points for losing control. Um, if you hit another driver, you both get four incident points. You know, even if you weren't at fault. Um, and in a game, on average, you're allowed 17 points before you get disqualified. So you're allowed 17 incident points on the on the yeah. 17th one. Bang, you're you're out the game.
0: That's even that's even more generous than the points in the real world on drag. Yeah, problems. exactly. Um, but obviously for every incident point, that
1: will impact your safety rating. Mm-hmm. So to kind of balance it out, they have this really weird formula that I don't understand. But basically, it's, it's something to do with the number of clean corners per minute. The more of them you have, the better your safety rating. Right. But every incident point then kind of resets the clock. So then, you know, so if you did uh, 100 corners and then you had an off track, it would think it would like reset you back to 80 clean corners. So you've now lost 20 clean corners. I don't understand it. It's really, really odd. But every time you get an instant point, you go, fuck me, my safety rating. You know, but let's keep it clean. I've got to get clean corners. Got to get clean corners. Um, So that sort of dictates what your license is because you can go up your license class, if you have too many incidents, you start to lose your safety rating and then you start going down the license class. And that means you then can't participate in some of the races. Um, so for me, I race in, in the A class and, and the B class uh, for the GT cars. So if I go down to a B, that's OK. If I go down to a C, then I, I'm really restricted to what I can do uh, racing wise. So, you know, you really want to maintain your your license. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that you you have points on is called I rating. And that basically is a marker of how good a racer you are. And then it means that when you go into an online race, it will match you with people of the same I rating. So it's a a fair race. That's what it it aims to do. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there are occasions that I found there was uh, one series I did where um, I it was the it was multi-class. So it was a, a Ford Mustang, which was just a crazy fucking car. Uh, nice. I had no way could drive that uh, Jetta TDI cup car. Really? Uh, yeah. Master, <laughs> Master MX five and then yeah. a Pontiac Sunbeam or something. Or, mm. or some some ilk. So being a, v, a VW uh, man and having driven uh, a TDI Jetta. Uh, not this Jetta, because it was the the one where they exchanged the UK version to a Jetta. It was that model. Um, but yeah. I had the original Bora. Uh, so, yeah, I I did the, the Jetta the TDI Jetta Cup. But that was such a niche car that the only other people driving it had what's known as an I rating of over 2,000. And to put it into context, I was a rookie just coming out with just under 1,000. Uh, Ike, so it just shows that these guys are, are really quick people and are, are winners and here I am Mr. Novice running at the back um, <laughs> and that was hitting my eye racing because to get eye rating points you need to finish in the top half of the race of your class so when there's four of you in your class you need to be in the top two, but I was always last. So I kept losing I rating, um, which meant that I was going backwards in terms of skill. So if I then moved to do the, uh, let's say like the Mazda MX five cup, Hmm. it would put me in with all the um, paddling pool people who have the armbands. um, Whereas I'm in the big pool. So I was absolutely pissing on them winning those races. So I was yo-yoing up and down, up and down, (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so it, it's, um, all kind of based on, on that. So when, when you have a really bad race to get back on point, you know, what's the bad thing is when you've got a really shit driver behind you mm. or in front of you and you have an accident because you know, they you know, they, they've spun off, not held their brakes and come crashing back into you or they're so desperate to get the move done on the first corner of the first lap that they send it t-bone you and you now sat in the pits for 20 minutes of a 30 minute race you know days like that you're like oh, for fuck's sake <laughs> you know mm. it's another hour now before i can do another another race you know thanks <laughs> you know and so do, have you have you ever found
0: have you ever found that it affected you real world driving yes in a positive way well, uh, that, that I was hoping to and not like it's been negative. So how has it affected you in a positive way? The, for the amount
1: of spins, the amount of times that I've outbraked myself, the amount of times I've slammed my foot down on the pedal coming out of a corner that I've pirouetted, I don't really want to do that in the real world. So it's actually made me a more
0: careful driver. Definitely. Did. Well, that's, if it's done that, that's very good. That's always good. If it's made you a safer driver.
1: Yeah, and it's made me more situationally aware because, you know, again, you know, a okay, case in a virtual world, but if I'm if I'm going down the Kimmel Straight at Spa, hmm. I'm hitting about 150, 160 miles an hour. So I'm looking down what the cars in front of me doing. Who's pulling out? you know, and basically who's up, who's at risk. What are those cars doing? Oh, who's spinning up there? Do I need to get on the, on the brakes earlier? So I find myself driving now, not thinking about racing, but just looking for more hazards, you know, because you're taught to do that anyway. But I think you, you, I think you do a cursory hazard check as you're driving more probably around junctions more than anything else, but. After doing sim racing, I'm more scanning a lot more than I used to. I feel I am anyway. But the other thing as well is it's made me realize, and not just for the sim racing, but also,
0: have you ever seen those caught on dash cam? Oh, many times, yes. We see some truly uh, awe-inspiring things happen. Yeah, and they but for
1: the grace of God, go I moments. Oh, yeah. It's things like that have just made me realize that you've just got to, be safe on the road. You know, stick to the Very speed true. limits. Spits. Drive to the conditions of the road.
0: Yeah. To the to the level of traffic. You're right. Because on some of the dash camp stuff, dear God, it's terrifying. Truly, truly terrifying. Anything. How on earth have these people got licences, or in some cases, I'm not sure they even have licences. Yeah.
1: And how many? When you've looked, gone. How did no one die? You know, when yeah. you've been when they've been stopped at a red light and the SUV comes rolling towards them and straight into the windscreen. <laughs> mm. You know, it's
0: terrifying. You mentioned earlier, but, you you know, you just kind of like you didn't go into detail about the thing of a there's like some kind of it's like a sponsorship thing you've got w- using talking control, as I understand. yes. So how this um, come about because I've never, ever heard of this being done. My knowledge of the, I mean, cause you showed me a bit of the video stuff uh, for the, for the, the VR driving stuff that looked really cool and I really liked it, but it's all very much a new uh, thing to me. So I don't know about a sponsorship thing, which I would never even thought was possible. So tell us how this has happened.
1: Yeah. So um, obviously as I as mentioned, racing is motorsport. So with any good racing car has a good livery. Has sponsors. That's true, yeah. Um, and, you know, you can, you know, deck your car out. There's a program called Trading Paint. So people, skilled people, will pull together real-world liveries of real race cars. Um, some just make up random shit. Uh, and, you know, it looks really good. Um, and, you know, I'm part of this podcast, albeit very part-time, you know, almost, um, like, non-existent part-time. But...
0: You're
1: always I'd welcome look, back, though. We love you. So it, exactly, it's more you know. Now with my sim racing, I'm very time poor in between work and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I don't have a social media footprint. I've, yes, I've still got Facebook. I've still got Instagram, but I don't. I don't use them. I, you know, I use Facebook more just so my family know how to get hold of me. <laughs> you know, you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Even though I don't post on anything, the, the fact that, you know, if they need me, they can find me somehow. Um, so, you know, when it comes to promoting the podcast, uh, it's nothing I can really do. Um, you know, because I don't use social media and I don't really want to go back to social media. For me, it's, I don't have a good relationship with it. But what I can do is um, drive around with a bloody fish on a microphone, (laughs) Um, you know, driving around the tracks of the world where, you know, so when I do a weekday race, there's probably a maximum of, or somewhere between 30, but a maximum of 50 other drivers in that session with me. Now, depending on the class, at least 99% of them, are gonna pass me, probably yeah. multiple times in in some cases. Um, but otherwise, I'm in an open practice lobby practicing where it's up to like sixty people, you know, and you're just doing laps, and you know, people will have the. You've, you obviously, because you want to see the replays, you've got different camera angles. Um, so some people just stick it on the TV camera and it will just pan around almost like a, a real world um, footage. So again, people can see the side of the car. They can see the front of the car. They can see the back of the car. So I've got it all decked out in the Talking Cotswalla, uh logo uh, with all the social media handles. So, you know, it's, there's no guarantee there's going to get eyeballs. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be people looking at my car for the right or the wrong reasons wrong because they're nose deep up my arse and we're both going mm-hmm. off into a gravel trap. Um, or they're so awe inspired with how I managed to catch something before we're going into a gravel trap that they're going to have a look on the replay,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
1: and, and I'll get a nice what? side profile of the car or like my favorite. Uh, a lot of people got good feedback on is the, the BMWs is cause it's mm-hmm. got the kidney grills. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who did the livery, uh, basically thought wouldn't that look good with the lips around the grill so you've got this huge <laughs> mouth of a cod coming up behind you or in your rearview mirrors as you're pulling away from me you know um, i've had some good feedback uh, you know people love it they find it funny um so you know it's, it's my little way of promoting um the podcast so yeah, so you're sponsoring me, um, although I didn't charge you any sponsorship money. Um, this is <laughs> this is my gift to you and the Salties. So,
0: well, it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, if now for someone who's not involved with this, if anyone who's external wants to come see the race, the race they're doing, is there any way of doing that, So they can see the, the replay stuff. Um, so I will be streaming
1: myself. Um. From my vr headset the guy basic ollie uh whose event it is i'm sure he'll be doing a more professional stream and you can see what it's like to be at the front of the pack and if you watch for as long as you can at some point ollie will be passing me on multiple occasions throughout the 24 <laughs> hours um because for context he can do a full lap of the 24-hour nordschleife circuit in around eight minutes and five seconds um on the 12-hour practice i did over the weekend the best i got was two uh eight minutes 27. uh so yeah oh no eight minutes 21 no i did i did get an eight minutes no, you don't you don't say yourself short yeah so um so yeah i'll be up uh, doing it on youtube and we're doing it all for for charity so the, what the event is bet. it's 60 morons nerds uh drivers uh who are doing a solo race around one of the world's most famous racing circuits it's 25 kilometers long for one lap and it's known as the green hell um, it used to be a <laughs> formula one circuit but it was there were so many deaths on it, it they basically shut it off and it's now effectively a, a public road um, that you can drive very very fast on for a lot of money um, it's got a little touristy thing but we'll be doing the full grand prix circuit and then where you would normally then cut back to start the lap again on the Grand Prix circuit, you basically turn left and then go onto the Nordschleife, uh, which is the old race circuit. And then you go all the way around and then back onto the Grand Prix circuit. And we're doing that for 24 hours um, by yourself. So there's no team event on this. So there's no swapping drivers. Um, and it's basically wow. run for as long as you can. So wow. for, from a health and safety perspective, um, so we'll be doing a pit stop probably every 50 to 60 minutes. So every pit stop, you've got to take a five minute break minimum mm-hmm. before you can get back out on, on the track. So you've got a, at least a five minute break. And then every six hours, So, uh, but that's only after the third hour. So after up to hour nine, you've got to take a 30 minute break. And then you you can take, you've got to take another one after six hours and then after six hours. um, So, you know, you've got plenty of breaks. But the good thing about this game is it is fairly realistic. So once you've buried your nose into a a barrier, you need to be towed back to the garage for repairs. And depending where you are on the circuit, um, it can be anywhere from eight minutes to like a minute towing back to the Mm. garage. And then you've got a repair time. And the worst I've ever had is uh, 45 minutes of repairs. So, you know, you can use that as a break. So it's a very technical circuit. Um, I don't know if anyone managed to see any of the stuff that I did at the weekend. Um, it's a You need a lot of concentration. And I spent a, a lot of my laps weren't clean. There were off tracks and being buried into barriers and having to I said at one point on because we were all chatting online, you can't hear it on the feed, but we were on in, in a chat room. And so I was like, oh yeah, so how long does uh, someone's pit stops And I went, do you know what? I've done 23 laps, but I have yet to go into the pits because I, every, when you crash, you can basically reset and it will reset you back to uh, a gateway point because the track is so long. It would, you know, you could, it would normally take you back to the pits, but in, in, on this particular track, it would just take you back say 100 meters. Um, so, I'd actually gone 23 laps without needing a, a pit stop because my car, every time I reset, had fresh tyres and a full tank of fuel. <laughs> nice. So, I was nice. like, actually, I don't know what a pit stop is. Uh, and yeah, I've done 23 laps, and oh, yeah, I've got uh, 30 incident points already for being off track so
0: many times. <laughs> so, basically, when you do all this, your friend will be a mixture of coffee and Red Bull. But other, obviously, other energy drinks are available. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: so uh, the, go on, sorry, Andy. So yeah, yeah, it's all about the fluids,
0: <laughs> but not, <laughs> not too to much, most, because yeah. Because you don't want to well, sure, go to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I was just say, yeah, it's like any kind of journey. You're always like, yeah, not too much on the fluid front. Got to find it. It's the, the gentle and careful bouncing act.
1: That's it. So yeah, so this is all for charity. So yeah. um, it's for the Mind Charity, which um, basic Ollie is the the YouTuber who's arranged all of this. So I'll, I'll send you the links. Uh, for that to to post, um, and definitely, you know, if you find it interesting and fun, it's worth subscribing to his channel because actually he's he's a genuine guy. He actually gave up his job to do YouTube in full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, he's 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 a, he's a good lad. He's British as well. So uh, so yeah, no, it's all for charity. So there's 60 of us from around the world uh, driving around uh, the Nurburgring Nordschleife uh, layout, yeah, for 24 hours.
0: I will most certainly be watching this, but what I need, just to, to reiterate, Andy, can you tell us uh, vocally any of the links and the dates and times just so nobody misses it?
1: I can't give you the URL because <laughs> that'll be too long, uh, but it'll be on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, um, so I was hoping you'd
0: say. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's on YouTube. Um, I'll be streaming it. Look for Andy Barr Um and yeah it'll be at stream will probably start around one o'clock uk time uh, is when we do the the free practice uh, but the race will actually start from 2 p.m uk time um and then we'll end on sunday uh, at 2 p.m um yeah and okay. basically tune in um now i can't stream all 24 hours in one go so there'll be multiple parts so it will be like part one part two part three etc so if the link you go to isn't live anymore, just go to my channel and just look for the the latest live stream. Uh, if there's any more than an an hour since the last live stream, I've probably gone to bed.
0: I paid <laughs> what, the ten pound fine. Yeah. And got to bed. And <laughs> what date is this? Just so we don't miss it. It's Saturday, the fifth of August. Excellent. It. Well, it's. I have loved learning about this. It's been very interesting to learn how it, how you've got involved in it, and the the costs involved because when you give the kind of final figure of what it can become you are right it's it's almost a car but it's yeah. a hell of a lot cheaper than a car in the long run because can I just tell you yeah, the, the last the most
1: expensive piece go on right. I'm intrigued so this is the ultimate I I can't I can never justify it um but you can get actuators that give you I think it's four dimensions of movement so you get pitch pitch roll basically it can go down on the corners and up at the corners at the same time so you know you put your foot on the brakes the nose goes down and the arse goes up you put your foot on the accelerator the arse goes down and the nose goes up cheap at Uh (laughs) £10,000 yeah so imagine if I got that I'm pushing near a second hand fruity car
0: yeah no I'd say I'd say say go for it if you really want it (laughs)
1: Yeah. But the thing is, um, the other thing I didn't mention is I am not running the setup I want to because I don't have the space for triple monitors where you would see right. the left hand side when you know, the left door window and one monitor, mm-hmm. the windscreen on the middle and on the right and, and the right door on the right. So you basically get the cockpit view. Um, I don't really have the space for that, so I'm actually thinking of moving and buying a new house so I can have a dedicated sim room.
0: <laughs> I like it. Not, not to move for size or anything else, just specifically so you can have a larger kind of room situation. That's yeah. dedication, Andy. I like it. That's real dedication.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and then I'll give up my day job and become a proper streamer. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Excellent. But no, I've really enjoyed this. I'm sure the tadpoles will too, and I want them all to be watching to see your your stream because i will be tuning myself to see but it's yeah it's great it's it's a world that probably not enough people are aware of so with you know listening to you on the inside because i didn't really know about much of it at all if i'm honest until you'd sent me like, the little videos to look at and i knew what we talking about today so it's really interesting stuff
1: yeah honestly it's a rabbit hole and um, you know there are people who watch not just Ollie's stream, but Jimmy Broadbent and all the other sort of sim racers. There are people who watch that stream who don't sim race, but mm, they just can enjoy believe yeah. the, the, the watching other people do it, you know. So, uh, yeah, and there are some people out there who have got some really crazy setups, you know, that it, when you're looking at the stream, you're like, is this real world racing or is this virtual?
0: Because they've got such powerful computers that it's wow. almost real now that is impressive that is very impressive one day aim for Andy you know go That's for the brass ring as they say that'll be your future where it's so close to well that probably will be the future anyway with the way technology is moving it up becomes so realistic <laughs>
1: yeah and all, all I need is just uh, six numbers and a bonus
0: ball yep yep or alternative just a really really nice salty tadpole who's very very rich who will uh, you know send you a check yeah
1: yeah that would be nice. i get my own little sugar, sugar salty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Well, me and you both. <laughs> so I on would say, bombshell. yeah, on that bombshell, uh, we've probably been talking of Codswallop. <laughs> uh, I've been James.
1: And I've, I've been a sugar salty wannabe. <laughs>
0: excellent have a good one everyone thank you
1: thanks everyone and hopefully i'll I'll see you well i won't see your chats but hopefully you'll, you'll come and say hi even though i can't answer you but yeah come and say hi on saturday or sunday bye bye